Hello, and finally, welcome back to the Keep It Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Shakir, and today I am joined with the queen, Kavya. Kavya, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing amazing. Thank you for asking. For what sure. a flattering intro. Uh, that's just how we do it here, because we have a bunch of young kings, queens, and royalty that come on the podcast, and we just gotta... It's how you start off right. <laughs> amazing. So true. Alrighty, so we're going to dive right in here. So, who are you, Kavya? I want you to dive into your identity and the intersectionality of everything that makes you you and how that's been relevant to your uh, your advocacy. Well, that is a very loaded question. I'm still trying to <laughs> find that out every single day. But um, I am Kavya Suresh, and I am a sophomore at San Marcos High School. I was born and raised in Santa Barbara, and I am a first-generation Indian American. My, I really, yeah, I'm 15. Um, I am a woman, and I am someone who thinks that we just need to have a lot more representation in everything we do. So I think, in terms of you know, my advocacy, I really try to make it a space where anyone can show that, like, I feel like at the end of the day, we need to amplify all voices and understand that no one is a monolith, you know, you, I feel mm-hmm. like in so many situations, we just tokenize people, like you'll have that one woman in a group of, you know, cisgender men be this kind of like representation of all women and it just, it doesn't end up working because you know the identity of female is so so diverse um same thing with like you know having indian representation it's so there's there's no one way to have it you know we all have different backgrounds we all have different histories we all have different identities and every single identity influences each other and kind of defines your own experience so i think in terms of you know my advocacy i just try to keep in mind with everything i do that i don't represent everybody but what I can do is create a safer space for those who feel like they aren't represented to speak up. I got you. That's important. And one of the things that you've been involved with lately is the cops off campus at San Marco. So, yeah. um, so I'm curious to see, like, what's your experience been with law enforcement and mm-hmm. what that's been like? Yeah, for sure. So um, my parents immigrated here in 1997. And at the time, they, well, when they talked to me about it, they kind of talk as if, they didn't encounter any racism or anything but um i remember my dad saying one time he was driving his friend home from this event and he got like pulled over and you know he was lived in michigan at the time um, he was doing his phd and the cop asked him like a billion you know my dad wasn't like doing anything wrong and was just kind of driving as one does and um mm-hmm. when my dad talked about that experience he used it as a lesson for me he was like you should never speed you should never be on your phone you should never do this you should know that and he never really analyzed it and was like maybe it was like just an act of racism and I think um it started then you know with my parents and obviously it kind of came down to me I've always been really uncomfortable around law enforcement you know seeing a police car I never felt safe I always felt scared um when my parents would be driving in the car you know we'd be like we get frozen we just like wait for <laughs> the police car to like pull up behind us and we'd be like praying and um it was always a very nerve-wracking experience to be around police for my entire life 
And then coming to a high school campus and seeing like a police car stationed there, I would like get shivers and I felt like trembling because it's like, it's just like anxiety in a vehicle. If you just look at a police car and you're not someone who has a lot of privilege in our society, mm-hmm. it's scary. It, it's really scary because you don't know what this person will do to you. Um, and especially, I think, again, considering my other identities, you know, um, being someone who obviously just like does not have the best relationship with <laughs> white men in power. I just think police always kind of freaked me out. And then on campus, um, I remember this one time distinctly, I was waiting for my mom to pick me up and our car was right next to the sheriff's car. And it, it was our car, our family car. And I was you know just pulling on the door handle as you do when your mom's taking forever in the office. And, That's um, right. <laughs> <laughs> and like the student resource deputy, or I would say SRD from now on, cause it's too long. Um, SRD came over and was like, you know, where are you going? Blah, blah, blah. Kind of started asking me. And I was like, oh yeah, I have a good tournament in Westlake. And I was just like trying to be kind of vague. Cause I was like, this guy has a gun. Like, don't talk to me. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, kind of just like asking about the most random things. And then um, I was like, yeah, my mom's in the office. And he's like, oh no, you're good. I just want to make sure you're safe. And, and I was then, just wondering. And you just waited there, there like for awkwardly for a couple of minutes until your mom got there. I remember you told me the story, right? Yeah. 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 And and I was like sitting there and I was like, how am I going to be safe? Like, this is our car. Nothing's going to happen to me. Like, you don't have to like, there are kids at school, I guarantee you, who are like having panic attacks right now. Like, you want to go keep them safe? Like, I'm fine. Like, my mom's literally in the office. And um, <laughs> the car is like pretty new looking too. So like, I don't, you know, it, it, and, and I feel like it, it was just a moment where at the time I was like, this is just weird. And then like an hour later, I was like, oh my God, you know, would he have done that to me if I was white or mm-hmm. would he have done that to me if maybe our car was like some kind of really, really um, like broken and beat down car or, you know, would he have cared as much if I wasn't alone or if I was with somebody else, um, like someone else who obviously wasn't brown. And so it kind of just got me into thinking about how that fear that I had as a child wasn't unfounded. It was kind of like a weird foreshadowing, you know, right. like something's going to happen. And then it did happen on campus. And um, it was just something I didn't really share with a lot of people because I knew that my friend group won't really understand. And they just be like, it's a random coincidence. But we know it's not a coincidence. <laughs> no, yeah, I hear you. Because like, as like students of color, like we experience these things and like a lot of kids at our school probably won't understand these type of things. Mm-hmm. And we've had like these talk with our parents, like, you know, if there's a cop car, you know, hands on the wheel, don't reach for anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's extra cautious with us sometimes. And yeah. so for you, I'm guessing this has been, or all this the accumulation of all that has just been what's gotten you involved with cops on campus at San Marcos? Yeah, it, it, and it's also... Totally, but also just like, I still do have a lot of privilege and I'm very aware of that. You know, like mm-hmm. my identity as an Indian American does give me a lot of privilege in a lot of different areas, especially in our school. And I feel like there are productive ways to use your privilege and there are unproductive ways to use your privilege. And I feel like what would be unproductive is for me to ignore all the injustice that's going on and just be like, I'll post on my Instagram, whatever you need to post, but I'm not gonna like actually get involved and do the dirty work because there are students who, if they speak out, they will be in physical and emotional danger, like just for speaking out. And right. um, I'm very privileged to not have to experience that same 
imminent threat to my safety. Um, so I, I just thought that if I wasn't doing the most, then I might as well not be doing anything. That was just what I was thinking. So I felt like it was my responsibility and my duty to not take over the space or like colonize the space, but just use my voice when I have the opportunity to, but also use my experience when I have the opportunity to, you know? No, yeah, I feel it because I'm the same way. Like we gotta use our privileges like to do what we can to help those around us. Absolutely. All right. And then touching back on something else that you said, how is like the lack of support from students and staff on campus been like mm-hmm. as well as like navigating through all that? Yeah, absolutely. So ever since the um, contract wasn't renewed in October, I've noticed a lot of people in my life kind of distance themselves from me because I made public comment at the board meeting and I was really vocal about it in ASB, which we're both involved in. Um, mm-hmm. And just like, I was really just vocal about it. And I think it was putting a lot of my friends in an uncomfortable position because they didn't agree with me. And instead of trying to have a discussion, be like, hey, you know, why do you think this or why do you believe in this? They kind of were just like, you're not right for me anymore. And they backed away. And I respect that. You know, we all have different values. But um, yeah, the hardest thing is from teachers and staff, for sure, because you think that the adults in your life want to support you unconditionally and would be mature enough to be um, kind of not not ignore what happened but kind of look past that and look at you as a human and not just define you by your values but it's really hard because a lot of teachers have been like you know it's interesting that you feel this way or I wonder why you're thinking about this and kind of just be really passive aggressive and show this really immature side that is really weird to see as a teenager when you look up to these people (laughs) and kind of you know just like seeing them be super petty it's been really hard because it's also like I, I'm very glad that my teachers that I have are super supportive and don't like, you know, use this as an excuse to damage my grades or anything. But I know that there are a lot of other teachers on campus, which unfortunately, um, who unfortunately don't really see eye to eye with me on this and don't want to even try to see eye to eye with me on this and instead just kind of um, create a really hostile environment for me as a student. And I feel like it's hard to look past that and it's definitely like I'm something that I'm working through every day dealing with people who don't agree with me especially dealing with adults who don't agree with me because when you're at school like these are the people that are supposed to guide you through everything and then um having having that like all of a sudden this bubble around you of that it seems like people can't penetrate like you're just kind of walking alone through an environment because there are so few people who actually agree with you that you can see and I'm still definitely learning like how to navigate that and how to when I should actually engage in conversation and when it's just best to let it go because sometimes you like try to explain your view to people and they just don't want to listen and they really Mm. just they don't care all they care about is that you are wrong in their eyes Um, no I I totally understand you mean I had experience that like through my sophomore junior year like some people just like always just want to like start a debate or like argue about something but Really, yeah. some people you just you can't get to, and you just gotta just let's let it be, just move on yeah. from that because like, then it starts to affect you. Absolutely, and I think after a certain point, you have to recognize that people who will support you will support you, and you don't have to hold on to those people who are kind of conditional in your life. You know, um, there are still right. friends that I absolutely have who don't agree with me completely on this, but they want to be there for me as a friend, and so they're they're overlooking the differences that we have and i feel like 
it just this if anything has just shown me who is genuinely wanting to be in my life to be a support system to me and who was just in my life as long as I agree with them as long as I shut up and did everything they wanted me to which unfortunately is something that I had to do for a really really long time and I'm sure you can relate Shakir you know being in a school with um with kind of this modern day segregation if you will it can be really hard to just find yourself and find your own identity because you constantly try to fit in with other people other people being the dominant culture you know Um, Mm -hmm. like you change the way you talk you change the way you dress you change the sports that you play you change the things that you like the music that you listen to you change literally everything about yourself just so people don't look at you weird and then all of a sudden it's like you do this one thing and people are like oh wait so you're not you're not like me after all i think that's been a really really hard thing it's kind of this is shown people who I really am and I think just they weren't ready to see that yet because I've unfortunately done such a good job of erasing my identity and fitting in um to a point where people kind of thought I just agreed with whatever they thought but I mean no I I get you like for me early on I had to figure out that like I didn't really need to fit in like I wanted to like have like friends on that like be close with people but I was like I can't, I'm not going to change who I am. I'm just going my own. And I still get yeah. looked at weird at times. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, I just overlook and just like keep being me. And then I think that's going to make me better in the long run. Absolutely. All right. And then you also touched on this a little bit, but I wanted to ask again, like what type of discrimination have you faced over the years from peers as well as adults? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously it's, it's very, it's very hard to pin it down on what it is about. You know, I've, I've faced a lot of, a lot of these like slights and tiny comments that like microaggressions right that people might not think is a weird thing but for me just kind of just took a toll um and i feel like the major things was obviously about my appearance like a lot of people you know this is like the dumbest thing but in first grade they created this like group of like my friends created this group called like the blonde hair squad and then this girl was like you can't be in it because your skin looks like poop. And I know it's the dumbest thing to think about now. Like, why would that even affect me? But I remember I went home and I cried and I didn't want to go to school for the next, like, week because I was like, my skin's so ugly. And it's like, at the time, I was actually really, really light. And it was just, like, this weird thing where I didn't know, again, like, that stuff is rooted in racism. It's not something that just, like, kids say. It's, like, rooted in something that's bigger. And then that was, like, the start. But you know, I was in ELA classes because my first language isn't English. And so whenever I'd come back, like kids would look at me weird. And like my teachers used to always give me like the easiest books, even though I was reading at like an advanced level, just because they thought that I like didn't know English. And like, oh, um, wow. I would always be left aside from things. I was always like never, people didn't really want to talk to me because I talked to them. And like, it's just little things like that, right? Starts in elementary school. And then once you get to junior mm-hmm. high and high school, it's more complicated. Like in junior high and high school, what they do is like, they'll make this joke and they'll be like oh Kavi, you don't understand it but like you just won't get it and you don't realize that's like a thing at the time but when they say you just won't get it it's not like you don't get the joke because you're just like intellectually not at their level or whatever it's like you won't get the joke because you're not who they are um and mm-hmm. it's like one thing is i was i was part of a really really <laughs> really popular friend group if you will in junior high and by popular you probably know who I'm what I'm talking about um oh (laughs) and um they had this sunset they they went to go see the sunset and I was best friends with everyone and I wasn't invited and when I asked one of the people like you know hey like why don't you invite me they're like 
oh, well, you just wouldn't like fit with our pictures. And I didn't know what that was supposed to mean. But when I looked oh. at the pictures, I immediately knew that, you know, That's I knew why I wouldn't crazy. fit crazy. And yeah, but like what well, I'm saying. Who says that? People, like eighth graders. That's eighth graders say that. Nah, I, I mean, I, I know who says that, but this is. It's, it's unbelievable. It's shocking, but it's not shocking, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's... And then in high school, from other people, it, it, high school it hasn't been super bad yet, but a lot of it is, a lot of it's just, like, really sexist. Um, like, I'm always labeled, like, the aggressive brown girl in, like, every circumstance. Like, I'm always expected to be super submissive and super shy. Um, and another thing that's, like, a really, really weird expectation is I'm always supposed to, you know, kind of um, kiss up if you will, to white people, especially white men. Um, they don't expect me to speak back to them and, you know, kind of not agree with everything they're saying. And they expect me to kind of just do whatever they ask me to. And I remember one time this boy um, texted me and he was like, can you do this assignment for me? And in eighth grade, in seventh grade, I would have been like, yeah, sure. Because this person's giving me attention, of course, because I wanted friends at any cost. And then I was like, you know what? I think you should do that for yourself because it's a really valuable assignment and I think you'll he learn said, a lot. Nah, I ain't doing that. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to do that for you. And then he was like, this is why you're single. And I was like, that's messed up, you know? And then it's just little things like that from other people. This is like from peers. And then from staff and adults, it's less like obvious, but it's more just like, they'll say some dumb thing about Indian people and they'll like, look at me and be like, right, Kavya? And then it's like, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know everything about Indian people, you know, or like a lot of people, you know, if I do bad on a test, a lot of my teachers are like, well, your parents aren't going to be happy about that, are they? Or they're like, no more oh. being a doctor for you. And it's like, okay, like literally get over it. And again, this is like very privileged bragging, like, or not bragging, like this is very privileged, like talking, you know, like, oh my God, teachers like, so that I would disappoint my parents or whatever. Like I obviously never experienced what a lot of other brown folks have experienced in the classroom. And for that, I'm really, really really privileged to be able to say that but at the same time it's like mm-hmm. these things that limit me from just like exploring my own identity just like i don't know it's it's definitely something i'm still unraveling and something i'm still dealing with every day like identifying racism and identifying sexism in the classroom when i experience it and not just like letting it go but it's yeah it's definitely something that i still have to i never notice it i'm sure you can relate to your like you never really notice it at the time mm-hmm. but no, like a yeah, minute yeah, yeah. Like, a minute later, you're like, oh, wait. But by the time the time's yeah. passed, you're like, mm, whatever. Yeah, because, like, I think I lost, like, the time now in high school. A lot of mm-hmm. it is just very, like, passive-aggressive and, like, subtle. Yeah. And we just might not notice it. But then, like, afterwards, you're like, now, wait a minute. What are you just saying? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but all right, we're moving on from that a little bit. Um, how do you think leadership is defined within our community in your eyes? And how do you mm-hmm. think it needs to be changed? Well, don't even get me started on this, Uh-oh. but um, <laughs> I think the reason that I like really want to talk about this is mainly because of something that we're both involved in, which is like ASB. And um, in our school, at least, ASB is kind of seen as the direct way for students to have leadership and have leverage and voice their concerns and represent the student body um, and whatnot. And I think an issue is we don't empower individual students to be leaders in their everyday lives and we make it seem like the only way you can be a leader is if you have a title like class president or commissioner blah 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 or like club president club treasurer all these things like you have to have that title to be a leader and unfortunately these titles go to mostly privileged folks 
who are able to take time and money out of their day to run for these titles or um, get these positions. And a lot of people don't have the ability to do that. Like, it's a very discriminatory process. And so I feel like we just need to stop thinking of leadership as something that only comes with a title, that only comes with, like, an election or with a contest. Um, And I feel like it's something that just comes with what you do in your daily life. And I feel like... In that way, we empower marginalized students, you know, students of color, LGBTQIA plus students, neurodivergent students, um, immigrant youth, indigenous students. Like we need to just let folks know that they don't need to have these titles in order to be a leader, but then also stop giving these titles to people who will be a leader anyway. And stop like making these spaces so hostile for underrepresented students. I have to be very careful with what I say, but I think (laughs) there's been a lot of, a lot of, there have been a lot of instances where I felt really uncomfortable in the leadership space, in the leadership spaces that I hold. And I felt super unwelcome. And I don't think it's just because of my different views or my different perspectives, but it's absolutely because of my identity. And I think I'm fortunate enough to have the strength and support to get through that. But I don't think it's something that every student will be able to get through unless they have that support network like I do. And so I think we need to work on just giving these opportunities to students to demonstrate leadership in a less hostile and discriminatory environment and a more welcoming and accepting environment that really nurtures diversity and doesn't see it as like a conflict of interest. No, I get yeah. you that. So, like, you kind of touched on, like, why you think student representation, like, that's accurate is important. But, like, also, like, what does that representation look like as mm-hmm. in, like, what they should be doing? Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that I'm really big about is student representatives are not just representatives. They're advocates. You can't just sit there at every board meeting or every PTSA meeting or every site council meeting and nod your head and be like, okay, cool, okay, cool. You have to say, like, I don't agree with this because... I know that our student body would not benefit from this or whatever it may be. You have to use your voice because you're given that voice. Whether or not you're elected to the position, whether or not it's democratic, you were given a voice. And even if even if there's a decision that's being made that will not benefit you, but it will benefit other students, you have to put your own self aside. Like I think being a student representative, you have to be pretty selfless and you have to think about the bigger picture and the bigger community. And you might not always be included in that picture and that needs to be okay and um you need to be okay with putting yourself in an uncomfortable position with asking people for input for learn to learn about things that you might not really know about and you shouldn't think that just because you were chosen to the position means that you're perfect it means that people see the potential in you to learn and grow and represent them accurately so it's like never um it's never a finished job you always have room to learn and grow and you have to always ask the people you're representing what they want to see. Totally. And like, I totally get that whole concept because like with the whole podcast thing I'm doing here, I yeah. have all these people come on and talk about these different topics and things that, that, that affect them, how they've been discriminated against. And yeah. I don't fully understand all these uh, different topics and absolutely it low-key makes me like uncomfortable at times, but I'm getting educated and like learning about these things. So absolutely. So I feel like, people who can talk to like other people to help educate them better so i just Absolutely. like this love this whole 
the whole shebang along with this, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I think community <laughs> community is the best education. Um, exactly. Because you always think you're alone until you realize you're not. And you right. always think, it's so dumb, but you always think you have the worst until you realize that everyone, like, you know they saying, like, beauty is in the eye of the beholder? I like to say, like, your, your struggles are in, like, the eye of the beholder, too. Like, if you... Mm. It depends on how people, because sometimes, sometimes I might look at someone else's life and think they have the best life ever, but they might literally feel like every day they just struggle to exist. And you never know that until you experience that. And so until you talk to people, you just will never know like what everyone experiences and you can never understand, but you should at least try to get educated. For sure. And then, so what's next for you with like auto activism and stuff like <clears throat> continues to like affect you, but you still want to push through and keep helping others. So yeah, what's, what's, what's your next steps right now? I think honestly, for me, it's just trying to learn and knowing when to step up and step back is super important. And I think, um, using my leadership positions as a chance for me to really learn from other people and not, and I think to this point I've thought of leadership as something where I speak up for people but it's also something where I listen to people and that's really going to try to work on um, in the coming future and also using the organizations that I'm a part of as an opportunity to like improve them because I can't just sit here and be like oh my god this sucks and this sucks and this is screwed up and this is racist and this is sexist and this is blah 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 without actually trying to change anything so I think you know, taking these opportunities that I see, taking these flaws that I see and doing something productive with them more than just like talking about them is really the next step for me. Gotcha. Well, thank you, Kavya. I thought you'd be like the greatest person. Thank you. The best person to have to like bring back the podcast and talk about what you had to talk about. So I appreciate you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Shakir. Of course. And thank you for everyone for tuning into the podcast. And remember, kids, keep your head up. (laughs) All right.